Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 372 for September 17, 2020. I am one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. And I'm another one, Adrian Michaud. Or the little reliable ones. <laughs> the reliable. Steady, reliable. Boring? Actually, yes, Steady. I was going to say we're, we're reliable because we're boring and we have no lives. But. <laughs> uh, I've got a pretty busy uh, calendar. Actually, I know, I know your calendar is pretty busy, too. <laughs> Weren't you just at some like protest that I couldn't be bothered to be at? No, it wasn't a protest. It was a march. Peaceful yes. march. It was a peaceful march. Peaceful march. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, like you guys yeah. did that peaceful march. You guys couldn't do anything extreme because the I risk know. the risk for anyone who does anything extreme as a gun owner is you lose uh, all Huge. your guns. Yeah. 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 You yeah. lose all your guns. So, so. Uh, you are handcuffed from doing anything extreme. Yeah, but that was the mm. boring part. Mm. I was I was thinking about it because if we didn't do anything extreme or we peaceful and organized, which we were, by the way, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it a little bit, then the news didn't have anything to report. And mm-hmm. if we weren't peaceful and we were like, as you were saying, tossing cars and crap like that, then can you like can you pay other people to do that for you? Can you just pay what? other people to like to tosh cars and go to jail for you and that kind of thing? Sure, no, that's what other Merc- people do. protest mercenaries. They get paid to protest. I actually mm. know people that do that. Anyways, hmm. not, it's like paid lobbyist. Anyways, but <laughs> but more fun. <laughs> no, the no? radicals. Yeah, no, mm. actually, mm. don't know them anymore. Mm. Or maybe they grew up. Maybe they got a life. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about the 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 not the protest the march um, the peaceful march the peaceful march that we did in a little bit because I was actually there yeah uh, what do we do talk about what we did in guns what we got did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center it's Canada's premier firearms retailer now right now they have a Kiapa 1982 Marsleg uh, takedown rifle it's chambered in 357 Magnum it's got a 12 inch barrel blue to octagon barrel actually and it's walnut pistol grip and it is so freaking beautiful. The price- like picture of it looks like it's cut off, and like you should be able to yeah. hover your mouse over, and it should move to the sides, but it doesn't. Mm-mm, it's just no, like no, nope, that, that is the rifle. It's a shorty, <laughs> but it's so yeah. pretty. This is it like is. like this is like Chuck. Um, what's Chuck's name on the rifleman? Uh, I don't what his actual hmm. name was. Anyways, it looks like a rifleman's gun. You know, rifleman is a. It was black and white. It was actually. Oh, I don't I'm know, like too, Bonanza. This I'm is even, like that's that's no, where my I'm, knowledge I, ends. I'm even too young for like rifleman, but I was watching mm. it before he runs. It's pretty good actually. <laughs> but this would be a cool, cool, cool rifle to have. You know, lever action. <laughs> Bang! <Just>. Neat. <laughs> deer, a deer rifle, I believe, is what you would call that. A deer. Yeah, rifle. it's not a. It's a. It's a fun. I would like to buy one just gun. to go hunting deer with it, just to make really? people mad. Yeah, no, because like actually. that's practically 
like as close as you could get to handgun carry. Can you guys Google and tell me who Chuck's last name is on the rifleman and just put it in the the notes? Um, Yeah, you don't shoot deer a thought. This is like like shooting from the hip and just man. This is like could use it. It's legal. So what if I what if we went bow hunting and and you just wanted something by your side just in case there's like bears or something. It would, which it, where I go okay. bow hunting, there's lots of bears. Can I shoot? From I can my take hip? one of those. Can I shoot from? My- <laughs> you can shoot from the hip. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Connors. Thank you, Chuck Connors. That's right. This is like some old timey like show. Yeah, it's on Prime. It's available on Prime. Was it like? Was this back in the days of like? This is before I was uh, born. Before VHS. So it was long, a long time. To- mm. Really? Before microwaves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was before microwaves. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about then. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell us what you did in guns this week? Yeah, you had some great stuff going on. Yeah, I went to a three gun match. Did that. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we did the uh, Battle of Alberta two day match in uh, in Alberta. This is rescheduled. Uh, which one unfortunate thing we rescheduled first, but Ipsic Alberta rescheduled second and they put their provincials on the same day as our match. So um, I'd be willing to bet there's a bunch of shooters who would have come up to the Battle of Alberta who instead went to the Ipsic provincials. provincials. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just hold on a second. I think my dogs are about to fight. All right. Um, Okay. So if you said that half, or a bunch uh, went out to Ipsic. Not half. Like just there's a couple people who um shoot both and shoot mm-hmm. a lot and uh and those people would have would have went for the ipsic one rather than three gun okay so was the battle of alberta was it full by the end of that i know you had a couple uh, spots going into that. it was full to start with there's a bunch of people who dropped out last minute um just i don't i don't, I don't really know why because like it's not a cheap match it was 150 bucks for two days and it came with like free meals and stuff oh man the meals are so good like yeah. every year they like add to it this year it was like um, what did we have the first day? I can't even remember. It was something. Go- oh, uh, like sandwiches and pulled pork sandwiches and these like little to-go boxes that you could just like you could walk by the this kind of central gathering area, grab a grab one of those and a pop and some chips, and then keep going to your next stage. It was really good, was really good. And then day two, there was like there was uh, eggs and bacon and pancakes for breakfast uh, before you started, and then a lunch on that day too. So. Uh, all that stuff was was fantastic. This year, uh, last year we had camping on the range too. We got like a special permit from the county to uh, to do it. And all right, this year yeah. we did it as well. Um, it was nice. It was nice camping on the range for a major match because less uh, going around, less driving. Because for me, uh, set up Friday, match Saturday, match Sunday. That's six hours of driving I would have to do over that period of time. Yeah. Or one hour there, camp, one hour back. Way better. Yeah. <laughs> Instead did you camp in on. the did you camp in the van? I did camp in the van and I gotta say, uh, I love every time I do it because it's so quiet in there. Like you get the yeah. best sleep. You wake up with your alarm. You never it's never because like someone else is like snoring or anything like that. You can't hear anything in there. It's so good. So good. I've actually left the middle seats out. So like all I have is front seats and then like nothing in the back. Uh, so that the next maple seat I do, which is not this weekend, but the weekend after. Yep. And the weekend after that, uh, <laughs> so I'll have the van for both of those, so I can uh, I can just camp out in the van because yeah, it's really nice. Uh, let's see, 
Cool. What else do I got to say about the match? Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of failures. Um, a lot more than you, than you usually see, but like usually, like people have ARs, so there there are no like really rifle fail- failures. Um, everyone's shotgun is pretty much squared away. Yeah. Um, everyone's pistol is pretty much squared away. There were two shadows that uh, that went kaboom uh, mm-hmm. related to reloading issues. Um, so. Um, make sure that you know watch your powder with uh uh with reloading pistol ammo because if you get none or too much <laughs> both were bad <laughs> uh and then there was a yeah a, a bunch of uh wk 180s failed uh one of them let me think one of them the piston broke it's like the piston that uh that knocks the the bolt back there that thing broke on another one the bolt broke maybe one or two bolts broke i can't remember but one notable one that was like the guy took like a like an M6 bolt or something like that and like threaded it into there into it just to uh, just to finish the match off. And then what was a third one? Um, Sean's saying there was a Mosin Agant that there was a Mosin. Yep, that yeah. ran. He said that uh, he did okay. Yeah, yeah, with that? the Mosin. I think he won Clipazine. Tyson. Yeah, there's one guy who ripped it up. It up with the Mosin-Nagant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Tyson, and he's, uh, yeah, he was ripping the Mosin. He, he had an advantage on some of the plate racks because he was hitting them so hard that all the other plates would fall because he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> two hundred yeah, grains yeah. of hate just going down range. Yeah, yeah, but uh, calibrated just to go right. We hit anything with a 760 by 54 at like under 100 yards. Who knows what's going to (laughs) happen? In that case, one hit will take all all the plates down. Yeah, it probably probably racked the whole thing back. Uh, I'm trying to, I can't. uh, Oh, it was there and now it's gone. Oh, the extractor pin. The extractor pin on the bolt. Uh, So the bolt bolt body, bolt, Mm -hmm. bolt goes forward, Mm -hmm. and uh, the extractor pin can poke out. And the bolt's forward. And if it does that, the bolt will never, like, rotate back into the bolt body. So the uh, fix to, for that is get a stronger extractor spring or pin your extractor pin in. Anyways, I ran the WSMCR. It was fine. Uh, I did see about uh, almost all the way through day two, uh, I took a look on the bottom of it. And I was like, oh, my gas block screws are walking, <laughs> visibly walking. One of them's almost all the way out, and the other one's, uh, like, two threads out uh yeah so i took those off i went and got some high temp uh permatex like loctite from canadian tire and i put those back in with the high temp stuff because that gas block does get quite hot uh and that should that should hold them in there i think it will i think it will Uh, otherwise my rifle shotgun pistol there like the reliability is all good everything was was good yeah so let me ask Mm -hmm. how'd you do I did all right. Yeah. Yeah. I did okay. I got yeah. to, I got this. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't really deserve I, I feel like so I don't really deserve are, it because. Uh, yeah, you do. For the those guy, that are listening, what are you holding up? I'm holding a first place trophy. Yeah. A very nice first place trophy. It's like steel laser etched and that kind of thing. Really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy who got second uh, beat me by like point two or point four of a percent or something like that just like super duper close beat me on most of the stages but uh just yard sailed a couple of them and i i mean i i yard sailed a couple as well but um less less so so <laughs> that was important there was a couple stages uh where i 
like I was I was dissatisfied with my performance. There was one where like I had a prop failure. Okay. Um, there was this like uh, steel head target, and uh, I went and rewatched my video because I, I did like head cam and, and third person cam uh, for for all my stages. Um, mm-hmm. I hit it sixteen times, and it should take three to to fully come down. Yeah. Uh, and I had sixteen, and it just I don't know prop prop just didn't want to work, so. Asked for a reshoot on that one, and then they they gave me the reshoot on that one, which is uh, which was was nice because I don't I don't mind if I do something that uh, causes my performance to suck. Like there was another stage where I like I didn't spin a prop a spinner properly, and like that was all on me. I could have yeah. I could have done many things to uh, solve that issue, um, but I don't like when either like my guns fail me or like the props fail me or or some other weird things happen. I would rather have like my skill compared like as as directly as possible to everyone else's. Yeah. Um, as as, yeah. as well, lofty of a, as, of a goal that is. Yeah, you should get a reshoot of uh, the it's the equipment failure. Yeah, not um, your equipment, but the but the the stages, oh. yeah, yeah, stage stage. props and that kind of thing. I mean, there was there's a lot of guys who were running uh, pea shooter, so we had two new divisions, and they were like really popular this year. We have Clipazine, which was the most Nagant guy, or SKSs and that kind of thing. Lots of people shooting that. Uh, we had pea shooter. Which is basically okay. like an adult version of our junior uh, division. So, you, uh, so a twenty-two rifle, and then like I don't know, whatever for your pistol, whatever for your rifle, kind of a thing. But a twenty-two rifle, uh, and both of those were really popular this year. In fact, we had we had very few people in some of our traditional uh, divisions, uh, and a lot of people just opting for those other ones. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. There are li- some some people are very limited in what they're avail- where they're able to shoot, right? Yeah, and I think so. I, don't, I don't know. I mean it. When you open the door, some people are like, "Oh, I can shoot that with a twenty-two. Yeah, I, I want to try my twenty-two. I want to shoot action rifle with my twenty-two. That'd be fun." So I think some people took that approach. Some people were like, "Oh, well, I've always wanted to try my SKS or my Mosin or, or whatever in a match. So you know, this was their opportunity okay. to uh, to try it out." And I think that, uh, and they competed with people with like equipment. So okay, uh, that's so the, the people right? with the SKS had the. Diff- well, the Mosin guy won, but I think that's because, <laughs> that's that's because he is an experienced three gunner. Um, yeah. He sh- shot a lot of it, and uh, probably his pistol and shotgun <laughs> work made up for his slow bolt action work because he right. can't shoot those things very quickly. You're always like, well, you, it's it's difficult to run the bolt when it's on your shoulder because of the leverage you get and because of you need to like whack him open. Uh, so yeah. you usually do have to bring him down to get enough leverage on the bolt. Uh, so they're not fast bolts <laughs> they're, they're slow to use but uh yeah he did he did fine i mean the sks guys did did all right too uh again for their division um yeah you know um the uh yeah the 180s were were interesting just seeing like like lots of failures but that still is the best style of rifle option yeah. yeah yeah for the fastest okay um you know i say that uh the guy who won top overall was running a 22 rifle oh so he's in the p gun division yep. p shooter p shooter p shooter yep. yep but like mm. overall that yep. that person i mean you could see why i mean like a a 22 rifle has no recoil um yes. and i believe like you could run whatever you want to for a shotgun or pistol so he could have been running like a full race pistol or a full race shotgun or something like that yeah but, what do you what distance are you shooting out to then so for pcc and p shooter Mm-hmm. Um, not that far. For everyone okay. else, we went out to 350. Okay. 350 yeah, went like 350. If there was... 
three fifty at the end at the end of a stage is like a lot to ask yeah. of, of a person and a rifle, but uh, yeah. that's totally doable. Totally doable. I think I got that three fifty one in like three shots. Um, it was I had I had problems on the two hundred because I was holding high on it, uh, thinking like oh I've got like a you know like a four inch five inch drop at two hundred, but I forgot I'm I'm, I'm zeroed at fifty. So that should oh. be, that should be like a dead on hold at two hundred, yeah. not a not a holdover. And yeah. I thought I so I like sent four rounds. I'm like ah, I'll just go shoot this plate rack for a minute. And I came back. I'm like oh yeah, side for fifty. Okay, and got all my hits there. Your mind plays tricks on you, doesn't it? When you get uh, into- oh, like I had a, a bad one. I, I went into one shooting position. <laughs> um, I'm shooting uh, handgun targets. Boop boop boop. I look at one and I'm like, oh, there's a hole in that one. I must have shot it. I must have shot it from back there or something like that. It wasn't a hole. It was a little bit of like white masking tape that looked very <laughs> convincingly like a hole. <laughs> and then when yeah. I went afterwards, they're like, Angel, you didn't you didn't even engage this one. I'm like, what are you talking about? That had a hole in it. And I look up. Nope. Oh. That's a piece of masking semi, tape. semi-circle piece of masking tape. Somebody, somebody oh. did it on purpose. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's my own Chris. fault. I mean, I, I, again, in the heat of the moment, I should have just, I should have shot it, but I, I thought I saw a hole in it. I thought I must have like shot at it or something like yeah. that. So I skipped it. It would have taken me no time to just plug it right there. But yeah, just to make sure. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, he said that PP, uh, PCC and uh, P shooter, you guys went out to one seventy five. One seventy five there, Incredible. which is still good. Yeah. Which is still yeah. good for. That's not about for stuff. for a twenty two to ask yeah. you. Oh, yeah, you shoot your twenty two at one seventy five on the clock. That's uh, that's that's kind of tough. It's yeah. not the same thing as CRPS or something like that, where you've been like uh-huh. running around and doing all this other crap before getting to it. Oh, that's you the really, other thing. There was a bunch really of people shooting PCC. Holdovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of people shooting PCC. So a bunch of people shooting like uh, um, I don't know, like Ruger PC carbines yeah. and that kind of thing, and, and doing pretty well with them. So. Good. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of neat. Like one of the one of the things that's happened because of this uh, uh, prohibition uh, is that a lot of uh, I guess we have a lot more variety of, of different firearms, which is it's. Pro- I I always like err on the side of inclusiveness to try to get more people, and I would prefer if we had like fewer divisions, like it was easier to everyone for to compete. But at the same time, I'm I'm happy that lots of people can uh, can get out and uh, and try it and try 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 three gun out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's forcing people to use to think outside the box and use different things and maybe use what's or been sitting in their safe for a while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? How many people do you think would go out and shoot with um, PCC? Yeah, yeah. So I got a I got a yeah. a video on that uh, on that match on uh, on YouTube. Cool. Uh, it was good. It was a, it was an excellent match. Uh, I I was ordering some stuff from Amazon and I I checked out without like thinking and I accidentally bought this because I okay, had, like I added how it. How do you accidentally check <sighs> out? What was I buying? I was buying something small. I can't even remember it. But I had like <laughs> added this to my card a while ago, thinking like, oh yeah, a four pistol case. I've got another case that holds like two, but they're really tight. And if you jostle it, uh, they'll hit e- like they'll hit each other. So. I had added this to my cart because I think it was like thirty bucks or something like that. Oh crap, that's cheap. It's a cheap feeling case. Like uh, the okay. uh, the handle is uh, uh, one of these ones that where you can pinch your hand if you've got too much stuff in there. But uh, in terms of like inside it, uh, it's got you could you could pick this foam to just put two handguns in, or you could use this as your middle foam and then put two on the bottom, 
put that chunk of foam there, put two on the top, and you got four handguns in one case. So nice. uh, I think that's what I'll use it for. That's what my idea was originally before I was like, nah, actually I won't buy it. And then <laughs> accidentally bought it. So I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, I believe my 1911 slide is milled and it's on the way to my place. So Captain oh, Andy he, is Captain uh, Andy did it, did he? Uh, it looks really good. It looks yeah. really good. Yeah, he was sending he me pictures, pictures? As, as he was going, and uh, he took the base. So the, I, I sent him the red dot with, like, this Picatinny base, and he milled that base flat, and he milled a slot in the 1911 slide and uh, put it on, and he said that he needed, like, one click up and, like, two clicks right to zero. So very, very Ow. straight on uh yeah fantastic that was one thing i was a little bit worried about because this red dot does this red dot doesn't have a ton of adjustability in it but apparently it was like bang on the money so cool. yeah yeah fantastic so i'm looking forward to that 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 should be a a fun little pistol to uh to try out and i don't know i don't know if i'll shoot it in the uh any kind of competition or something like that but uh i i wanted a red dot pistol and now i have a red dot pistol and uh, I think that's it. I, I imagine I have a maple seed this weekend. Uh, I know I'm packed for one. I don't remember which one. I think it's Chaz. It's Chaz yeah, maple they're seed. all blending together. <laughs> I got one too. Yeah, I got I got a maple seed a weekend until mid October or something like that, and then I'm and then I'm free, and then it's and it's uh, hunting season, and then cold. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's Alberta. Mm-hmm. Edmonton, it's going to be cold. It's already starting to get cold. I don't like that. I'll probably shoot some more three gun matches in November and December. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. You know, at, at some point you ask, like, why do we even stop? If, if January, February are the only two months that we stop, why even bother? Just put them on. Oh, it's my S20. Oh, well, dress for it. <laughs> and there, done that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got the frostbite. It was fun. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey's <laughs> asking, uh, Anyone have a 1301 thinking about getting one? They're fantastic. They're a really good shotgun for three gun. They're very lightweight. Uh, the gas <laughs> action on them is very, very quick. Excuse you, me. you can't outrun it. Like with some inertial fired shotguns, uh, they have a slow action. Whereas a gas mm-hmm. one, like on the Beretta, I think they call it like their blink gas system. It's very quick. I can't outrun it. I cannot outrun that, uh, that gas system. I can outrun an inertial uh, and get yeah. a dead trigger because I pulled it as the bolt was going forward. Um, yeah, very good shotguns and lightweight yeah. too. There's a 21 and a 24 inch barrel. I prefer the 24 just for like a little bit more swing. Like a 28 has like quite a bit of a longer barrel and that you get that nice smooth swing with it. So it's really good for like clays and that kind of thing. 24 is like really good. Like I think the sweet spot for action, the 21 feels just a little bit too, too compact, right. too whippy, too, a little bit too whippy. But um, uh, people shoot both the 24 and the 21 and 28s at three gun, and it doesn't seem to me make like a ton of difference. Mm-hmm. Sean was asking if the steel core would wreck plates. Uh, funny enough, so I I uh, I tested steel core and regular stuff on uh, on AR 500 plates, my own AR 500 plates, uh, and I found that uh, two two three inside 100 meters. It'll pockmark them uh, with I, lead jacket or with steel core. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think he was talking about uh, the guy that was using the Mosin. The Mosin. 
It's yeah. speed that kills steel plates, though. Like speed. Yeah. So if you if you shoot something close up with five five six, you're going to leave pock marks, no matter whether it's plain lead core or not. Seven sixty by fifty four. It's quite a bit slower. Um, I was shooting stuff with SKS, like uh, uh, steel core SKS and lead core within a hundred oh. meters, like seventy five sixty, yeah. and I could find no difference between steel core and regular. Maybe like a penetrator would make a difference, but a lot of the steel core ammo uses a mild steel core. Uh, so the steel is not like a, a hardened, hardened steel or something like yeah. that. It's just cheap. It's just because those those commie countries wanted to make like the cheapest possible ammo. And steel is a little bit cheaper than uh, than lead. So you can put a steel core in there and it just make it a little bit cheaper. <laughs> <clears throat> so Chris is saying that if you want to run those matches, he'll support you. I'm thinking he's talking about the ones in January. Good oh. luck with that, Chris. <laughs> If I got nothing else better to do, I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe we can maybe try one. Um, and Emily's also talking about a lot of people are now trying. Um, a lot more people are trying trap and skeet. We're actually seeing a lot more women trying trap and skeet as well. All the ladies that I was hanging out with this past weekend, mm-hmm. and all all of a sudden we've all taken up both trap and skate. I think it's because of actually Emily, she's being a role model for, role model for us and we're wanting to shoot with her. So, and we all don't want to suck when we do shoot with her. So. <laughs> 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 Not my first time um, when we shoot with her. So I think that's what it's, it's coming down to. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think that is, yeah, that's it for me. What about you, Kelly? So I spent a full entire weekend. I took Friday off of work and went up to Ottawa early. Kelly uh, and I both went up. We went up together. Uh, we ha- now have a new name. Uh, so we are no longer Kelly's Squared. We picked up two nicknames over the weekend. We are the Kellys um, because kind of like we are the Borg you know, anyways, uh, but we also picked up Kellowades uh, as well. So we will answer to all three <laughs> of those names, the Kellys, uh, Kellowades or Kelly Square. Um, we went up a little early because we had to do a few things for running around to prepare for the integrity march. So Kelly was actually the point person for the march. I was her two IC. Um, and so that way. Uh, What's Tracy, a two IC? Second in command. Um, again, we share a brain We're we don't even have to talk to each other. We just have to look at each other. You're the assistant to the assistant manager. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, yes. So Tracy and Rod were doing interviews. So, um, we were doing a lot of the back, the back work. Um, we had a meeting with our safety and our security team. So we went out um, on Friday afternoon and walked the route and we actually timed it. And we also looked at some of the security issues and things like that, which is, um, which was quite interesting. Um, we were aware of them beforehand and in planning purposes. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to somebody. His name is Wade. Wade actually came up to us uh, uh so it was really cool. We were doing the route, mar- we were doing the march, uh, or the route of the, the march was going to take, and people were, you know, in their cars down the street, and they were honking beep beep beep, and they're going CCFR, screaming, and there were people coming up to us at the um, at uh, Parliament as well, Parliament Hill on the Friday in the afternoon. Tracy was with us. Um, and people were coming up to say thank you, different things like that. Anyways, one of the persons that came up, he just wanted to come up and say hi. Uh, his name was Wade. And Wade, awesome guy. 
anyways, he uh, he's from Regina, uh, and uh, he flew in, and he just came for the march, and he was by himself, didn't know anybody, never been outside of Regina, you know, Saskatchewan, uh, flew on points. And he just came for the march. And so it was really, really cool. We met him. Uh, we asked him who he's with. And he said, nobody. Where are you staying? He was staying in the same hotel. And we said, what are you doing? He goes, I have no idea. And we're going, well, you're staying with us for the weekend. So he did everything that we did. He, <laughs> he, he came by. He helped us do signs that evening. It was so awesome. Anyways, um, so Friday night, um, as I said, we did the route, we did our planning, uh, we got ready for the march itself, we taped up a ton of signs to, um, to sticks, um, we basically took over, there's a place in uh, on Spark Street, it's called uh, Three Brewers or Trois Brasseaux, uh, we basically took over that uh, restaurant the whole entire weekend, uh, I think that they loved us, and um both inside and out, by the way, as well. We filled the restaurant. Um, and, um, yeah, so we prepared on, on Friday night. Um, the hotel that we were at was fantastic. It was a weird, it was a weird experience though. Cause I'm used to a, a hotel having a lot of things like there are used, I'm used to them having like a restaurant. This one didn't. Um, it, it was very, it was very weird. Anyways, um, super accommodating. Close to close to the march as well. Uh, the next day we got up, um, we got ready for the march itself. Uh, again, we had a little bit of meeting with the volunteers, um, got them ready, and got them all um, all um, with their their jobs lined up. And it was like a well oiled machine. So we got there. Um, Tracy and and Rod went a little ahead of us, and uh, as we were. Uh, Kelly and I, we led the team up. The, we we had some intercom because what was happening is uh, Rod and Tracy were at the front. Um, Kelly was going to be in the middle and I was going to be at the back. And then we also had our security as well as our, our um, first aiders as well. And then also the rest of the team was actually going to encircle the group of marchers. Now, <laughs> we didn't know how many people were going to show up. We didn't know if there was going to be five or if there was going to be 25 or if there was going to be 5,000. So we're coming up over the hill and um, it, uh, from the Delta where we were staying. And it's a little bit, uh, when you're going up Wellington, it's a little bit of a incline. And uh, and all I hear is calling on the, on the intercoms. He's going, get your asses up here now. <laughs> And as basically, Tracy just said, call the Kellys, get them here. Um, so we got up there. I need some Kellys over here, stat. <laughs> no, that's actually what was happening. There was, we we tried to actually keep um, silent on the intercom so that if there was any issues that people would be able to hear each other. And then all we heard was, we need you up here now. And it was, so we get up there and as we're coming up over Wellington and it's just a little rise. And then all we start seeing are these people everywhere. <laughs> And it's just like, and we're going, Kelly and I look at each other and we're going, this made it all worth it. This is awesome. And um, so it was kind of like uh, we get up to the top of Wellington and it's like volunteers deploy. So it was just like everybody knew their jobs. People were waiting at the buses with uh, hand sanitizers where everybody's getting off the bus. They were going, shh, shh, give me your hands. Shh, shh. And they were giving out, uh, we gave out bracelets. We gave out, um, we gave out flags. 
um, masks. People, we asked them if they wanted masks. We had little trolleys, different things like that as well. We had a van. Now, um, we had already prepped the uh, um, parliamentary um, security to let them know this was happening. So we had this panel van and it pulled around the corner and it pulled up onto the sidewalk and the door sprang open and people actually descended on this van. And within 30 seconds, we cleared 200 signs out of this van and disseminated them out into the crowd. It was like, and I, <laughs> I, I seriously mean 30 seconds. It was awesome. It was just like, whoosh, like this and the doors closed on the van, the van took off. Again, we actually let the parliamentary security know that this was happening. So we weren't going to actually, you know, everybody get on the ground. Got to wipe off the, like, the free candy uh, uh, sign off the side of the van. It's free signs. Yeah. yeah. And so it was stationed at, um, at a side street in case we needed to get to it right away. And that didn't happen. My job at the uh, my job at the march was actually to be the last person at the march to ensure that everybody was... Um, one, keeping up, and two, that there was nothing, basically nobody left behind. Mm-hmm. And also, um, there's no garbage or anything that was left on the streets or anything like that. So I got paired with uh, Kyle Kincaid, and it was a perfect pairing. It was fantastic. Got to see a lot, a lot of people that I knew. There was a lot of people that I knew were coming that I didn't get to see because, believe it or not, there wasn't 800 people there. There was like 5,000 people. And the reason that I know that is because, again, I was the last person, right? And it took 15 minutes for me to cross the street from um, Parliament Hill to just across the street at Spark Street. And it was 15 minutes from when it started to actually till I got across the street. So that's not just a couple of people. It's, it's a couple of thousand people. And we mm-hmm. filled out Spark Streets as well. We stopped for a few minutes while we were in front of uh, CBC. Because that's actually where CBC Ottawa is. It's on Spark Street, and then we just we actually shortened the route just a little bit because there was so many people. Um, yeah, and it was quite peaceful, and it was really, really, really well done. And I'm so proud of the people that actually came. As I said, there was people there from there was people there from every single province, despite COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, people that drove. Uh, Kelly Merkel, he is from Sioux Lookout. He drove 22 hours to get to the march. So, which, and you had people uh, from the Yukon. And we had people. BC and, and, yep, BC. We had people that represented retailers. So Bullseye was there. Uh, Odell Engineering was there. Um, Select Shooting Supplies was there. People from Armalytics, uh, .ca were there. Oh, cool. uh, we had people from the gun store there. We there was everybody there. There was there was people with um, kids that like. Okay, so <laughs> I'm trying to get people to because they're opening. They're literally so the uh, Ottawa Police Services closed down all the streets for us as we crossed over them, and every time we got everybody across they would open that street and as i said people were waiting for 15 20 minutes right anyways um so there was uh families there there was uh, one family there that had um the um younger woman she was pregnant guy pushing a stroller there's a baby a year and a half they were actually in the march and i'm going like um they were participating they were the last ones across the street for everything but still um 
there was families, there was people from every race, color, creed, age group, demographic that you could think of. So it was really fantastic. It was great to see as well. We also had some uh, politicians as well that did show up. Uh, so we had, jeez, um, uh, uh, we had a couple of those. We had a few people from the press corps. Rebel uh, Media was there as well. And believe it or not, CBC was there. And I know that because they came and talked to me and asked me who they could interview. So I pointed out Tracy and Rod to them. So I don't know why they're saying they didn't get to interview them because we did actually see them interview them too. So anyways. Didn't really do so, anything with that story, did they? Unless they like put it on, I don't know, CBC nowhere, right? So, so CBC they, Timbuktu. Yeah, they didn't really do anything with it. One reason is because it's not really a news story for them. Anyways, it's not fitting a narrative. And there mm-hmm. was nobody, like we were polite and we were well organized. And Maybe they couldn't fighting. reach Polytechnique for a comment to like get half the article com- completed by them. And then like they just didn't get enough, didn't get enough time, yeah. right? I don't know. Imagine if there was like clashes. It would have actually said 10,000 people there. Anyways, they had a call. Never. No, they didn't. We actually cleaned up the streets afterwards. So the people that were protesting, there was a couple of protests there. Mm-hmm. So the people, other people were protesting. We were cleaning up their garbage for them. So, you know, it was like, it was. So um, originally Kelly and I, we say so that morning, Saturday morning, we actually checked out the hotel and uh, yeah. And after the March, uh, yeah, Tracy's going, where the hell are you going? We're going, well, we're going home. And they're going, no, you're staying. So, um, I kind of went and begged the hotel. We got another room that night and uh, we stayed over an extra night and we closed down three brasseurs. Uh, we met up with some of the Gunny Girls. So some of the alumni, they came out to the event and some of the ones that are going to be in the calendar this year, they were there too. So it was like all the Gunny Girls. Um, we had um, we had a really, really, really good time. Uh, we had some uh, drinks with the Olympic team. So uh, a couple of um, Alan Harding was there, as well as Mary Patrick, as well as a couple of other shooters from the Olympic team. They were there. Fantastic to actually see them and having them come support Gunnies as well. Uh, Alan, Alan Harding is going to be on the show in a little bit, so I'm trying to arrange a date for him too. They come on. Um, yeah, so, and then just on Sunday, we all packed up, went home. So that's it. Uh, Wednesday night, skeet night didn't actually turn into a skeet night. Uh, uh, somehow there was a miscommunication. I had to take a picture of Kelly's uh, gun, her pistol. Her She has an Excalibur, and I was supposed to take a picture of it. So I said, why don't we do Wednesday night like we normally do, and you just bring your pistol, and I'll take some pictures of it. She goes, okay. She thought I meant let's do pistol on Wednesday night. So I'm at the skeet club and she's at the pistol club. Now, the lucky thing is skeet club is right across from the, uh, the pistol club, literally across the street. So I'm texting her at the skeet club. She's texting me. I'm at the pistol club. And I'm going, okay, cool. I have my skeet. I have my, I have my shotgun. I don't have a pistol. And she's going, I got my pistol. I don't have my shotgun. I'm going, all right. You're 45 minutes from home. I'm five minutes from home. I'll go get my pistols. I'll be back. So we went and shot pistol instead. Um, did a lot of um, did a lot of uh, action shooting, movement shooting, again with lateral, moving back forwards, forwards, and, and all that. We did it from a little bit greater distance, 25 meters. Um, my shooting was a little 
off at first. I think it was because I've been doing arms quite a bit for them this week, so a little shaky. And then just uh, just got used to it again, and it was fine by the end of the. We shot, we shot about an hour and a half because the sun was starting to go down. But by the end of it, I was getting the hang of it again. So it was good. Um, so that's the only pistol shooting I did. I didn't do skeet. And then, well, by the way, so I'm at the skeet club. Um, you have to pay every time you actually go. So I prepaid. I was all prepped. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting for her. So I had my skeet bag and in it, I had my um, my shot shells i had the top of them off i had you know i went up to tony who's the guy that's uh, working there i said can you punch a hole we have cards so i said punch a hole for me punch a hole for kelly i'll prepay her i'm sitting there waiting and he and kelly's going well i'm not coming i'm going tony like can i have this for next week he said sure no problem so we're going next week it's already prepaid whatever but i'm driving i'm like a bat out of hell trying to get my pistols i have skeet shells or shells going everywhere and um i don't know if i was able to get them all out of the bottom of my car anyways so they're all over the place and yeah that's about it yeah i just uh i just went through all my ammo cans and like reorganized them and put a bunch of 556 on stripper clips and whatnot because mm. Because that's a good thing to do. Have it all in yeah. stripper clips. Super easy for matches and that kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> for this match, I, I I brought... I'm like, I think I need to bring this... I always bring too much. So I'm like, I think I'm going to bring this much of this ammo, this much of this ammo. And uh, when I was done, my last stage, I hadn't reloaded my, my handgun mags. I had 10 rounds, 10 loose rounds of 9mm. And... 223, I had 30 rounds. <laughs> I could I couldn't have done Ooh. one more stage. <laughs> it was a little tight, a little oh. tight. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I did want to talk about is uh, that match. Remember the Match Tech ammo that I bought? That was a super good deal. It was like the Max Tech. Yeah. Yeah, the Max Steel. Max Tech. It was two hundred fifty bucks or two hundred seventy bucks for a thousand rounds. No, less. It was less. It was, yeah, it was a well, lot less. If it sucks. Anyways, I'm doing, getting really good at remedials, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good practice yeah remedial no. yeah yeah yep. anyway so it just sucks um but still not bad um what else oh and i cleaned out my gun room it needed it mm-hmm. i spent a couple hours last night cleaning it i just actually couldn't i couldn't handle it anymore i'm a little ocd when it comes to anything and but i walked into that room and i just went oh my god Anyway, I spent a couple hours cleaning it. That's about it. And I'm um, getting ready for uh, a maple seed this weekend. So, and How many times is your dog going to turn around? That's like five. <laughs> okay. That's about average. Yeah. Anyways, um, people are dropping like flies into this one. I don't know what's going on. Out of? Out of the uh, maple seed this weekend. Oh. So I have a big wait list. So... Um, yeah, I've just been setting up the wait list. So, but I had four people, four people drop out this week. So, yeah, I think, uh, like, I think I mentioned to you before, like, we send that email. It's like, hey, uh, if you're like part, if you're in a vulnerable sector, maybe you don't, don't go to one of these things because and of the people Rona. Are going and people are like, the- oh, yeah, I guess I am a, in the, a vulnerable sector. Maybe Hello. I should go, go to an event with 15 people. Um. Yeah. Did they just realize that? Maybe. 
Maybe. Oh, um, no. It just Anyways. Yeah, it seems odd. We've just changed, actually, today we actually changed our grouping sizes um, for Toronto, Pila Region, as well as Ottawa. I think Ottawa's in it, too. So we went from 50 to 50 on the, ins- so 50 groupings of 50 for, like, parties or whatever, mm-hmm. and 100 outside. Mm-hmm. We're now back down to, I think it's 10 and 25. So 10 inside, 25 out. And see, Alberta has, like, way more cat cases per capita, and... Uh... I don't think anyone cares. Yeah. Anyways. We just had like uh, 110 more. Like yesterday, we had 110 more cases in Edmonton. Just in Edmonton. Edmonton's got like a million people. It's like, meh. Meh. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we already did. We already did all the coronavirus stuff. We're not going to go back and do it again. <laughs> we already did it once. You don't want to do it again? No. No, we're backpedaling just a bit. I think I Albert, Albertans are, are not going to. No. Albertans are a different breed of people. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. You give no literal F's, F's. about any of this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of yeah. that. There's a little like a lot about a lot of like personal freedom. Like one of the things that uh, are uh, rabbit hole for like one minute. Um, our uh, provincial doctor is saying, hey, we've got this thing on this law in the books. Uh, we're allowed to force vaccinations if there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's a pandemic. We're not going to force vac- vaccinations. Why do we even have this law in the books? Maybe we should just give it up. And that uh, never happens in government. Government almost never like voluntarily gives up power or authority. Um, it's very odd, but like that's, some, that's like an Alberta thing, right? It's like, oh, we don't actually need this authority. We're just going to get rid of it. <laughs> what? Mm. <laughs> yeah, very odd. I'll be vaccinating. Like I'm, I'm not an anti-vaxxer or something like that. I nope. will be vaccinating, but uh, I support people's uh, right, right. But to at the same not. time, I also support people's right not to actually get me sick. However, that said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I don't like forced. It's kind of you're walking a line there, bud. I don't Just like in. any kind of authoritarian government policies, vaccines, yeah. anything, anything. Just I put the vaccine I... out there. People will see like, oh, I get this. I don't have to put the mask on or do all this other stuff when I go to private businesses. No. Yeah, fantastic. Hook me up. We're starting to get into this George Orwellian 1984 stuff. Yeah, a little bit it was like to do with like what's going on in the U.S. and like what Canadians are doing as a result of it. Uh, thinking that that we're like I don't know relevant to America, and uh, yeah, you know Canada's totally a different country, right? And, you know, I think some some people see Canada as not America. We are defined by how we are different than America, which I think is the wrong way to look at it. I think it's like we're our own country. We're kind of like we're very similar to America, of course, but like just looking at us as. We're better than America because of, like, I don't know, poutine yeah. and uh, politeness. <laughs> okay, both of those are not. Anyways, yeah. although poutine's pretty good. Oh, my God, poutine. All right, let's get on with the show and let's stop talking about polite people and poutine. Cause let's talk about guns. Gun okay. stuff, hey? Yeah. I like that stuff. That. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm the host, right? Okay. Do you want me to like just sing a background song or something to like get us on to the next topic? Time no, to get I'm, a gun. That's oh God, what I've been thinking. Please, Dave, no. <laughs> Anyways, upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is Canadian digital 
agency uh, that works exclusively with firearms vertical. They help with business business processes, and Kelly can't talk. Strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma uh, the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Check out them at talosalpha.com. You can find out more about them there. So there is a couple of things that are going on. Uh, I updated so- these. Thank you. I did some work. Awesome. So maybe we'll see Bonneville, September 26th. Do you know how many spots there still are? I think there's like a lot. Seven. Like we got a big bay, and we so we can put fifteen people in there and keep the distancing. Right. Uh, I think and we're zero apps to give for anyways. No, no not really. We're distancing. We, yeah. we care. Project Maple Seek. Beautiful range too. Yeah. If you're like in Edmonton, care. it's like two and a half hour drive out there, and uh, it's a beautiful range. I've never been there. I should get there. All right. Also, Chaz 3-Gun, October 3rd. Uh, you can find it on Practice Store. Apparently, there's a few spots there, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, our friends over at Lady Guns, they're having a couple of events. I just wanted to tell you about the one that's at uh, Calgary Shooting Center. It's on October 8th. There's also one at Shooting Edge on October 22nd. Uh, it's $30 attend both of these events. You actually, all levels of people, well, it's ladies only, by the way. Uh, all levels of experience is welcome, and there's no palm needed as well. You can check them out at uh, Lady Guns on Facebook for more details and to sign up for the events. So go check them out there. All right, let's get into the news. There's a whole bunch of donations that have been pouring in. This is actually, as of right now, the donations for the uh, CCFR Legal Challenge. I'll read through them, and then, Adriel, I'll turn it over to you, and you can talk about what's new in the news. Uh, Salmon River Association, they donated $1,000. Club de Tire-Brasseur, $2,000. (laughs) Sydney Sportsman Association. Very good. uh, thousand dollars summerland sportsman association five thousand niagara Ooh. regional sportsman gun club is four thousand two hundred and fifty uh rocky uh rocky rod and gun club is five thousand dollars sioux lookout handgun and rifle club was one thousand dollars and pacific recon in ontario is 300 by the way pacific recon I want to say hi to you guys they were out at the march uh as well i saw them with their shirts cool. so that's that's cool Let's get into the news. Uh, yeah, the first one is the CCFR Integrity March, which you covered, and we'll covered. cover, cover more in our main topic. What? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The next one is uh, it's like not really gun related, but uh, I'm I'm really petty, so I thought I'd include it. Mech has <laughs> been uh, uh, went bankrupt and got sold to a U.S. investment company, and the reason why I'm petty is that uh, two years ago they they kind of threw a hissy and said we're not gonna we're gonna not gonna sell any uh products that are also owned by vista outdoors because vista outdoors had uh, what like savage and maybe some other like brands or, or some brands uh that they represented so um uh screw you mech get go woke go broke <laughs> <laughs> you want to get all like uppity about uh, oh we won't sell these brands because they sell guns as well go broke good luck yeah. So now they're actually picked up by a US investment company, so maybe they'll pick up some They'll make it worse. Like the like the, this is that that actually probably isn't why they went broke. Uh it's probably because like if they t- changed your business model, they were like known for like really niche, uh, really high outdoors. quality products. Yeah. And they had gone more to like selling like yoga pants and uh cheap stuff made overseas and that kind of thing. So they kind of lost their way and, and started competing with with companies they shouldn't have competed with. Um, that's probably why their business went bankrupt rather than the, the go woke thing. But, uh, 
I'm still petty, so I, I'll still say it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, uh, New Gun Stuff is sponsored by uh, Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is now a brand ambassador for uh, Bolt Action Coffee. The coffee is roasted in small batches, and it is, quite honestly, some of the best coffee you can get your hands on. Um, uh, it can be sent to your house by going to boltactioncoffee.com and ordering some. And it, as I said, it's roasted in small batches, so it's not um, readily available. Every, I think they roast once a week. So if they don't have any right now, they'll be roasting it soon. And then they'll get sent to your house, and it's delicious. Use a French press, by the way. It is quite honestly the best way to have it. Yeah, I think a French press is a way to go for coffee if you enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, new gun stuff. Let's talk. Oh, there's a couple of interesting things that have been happening recently. Okay, I'm going to talk about the first one, which was today. Today? Yesterday. I can't remember. Uh, Tactical Imports is bringing in the Type 81 Light Machine Gun LMG. Not semi-auto only. Five rounds only. But it looks like an LMG. It looks, It's like a machine gun. That's the Type 81. Super cool. It's got like a bipod that's like attached to it. It's got like drum mags. Now you get it like that costs extra. The sling costs extra. But you got to get the one with the drum mag. Mm, it's got that carry, like the the carry handle that you'd see on like a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Fifteen hundred bucks. And yeah. then, but if you want the like, the, I think the drum mags are like two hundred bucks. So you'll you'll be up to seventeen, eighteen hundred pretty quick. Now the all, they all sold out. Um, I think they all sold out. There's already guys scalping them on uh, CGN for like way more, way more than that. So they'll, they'll clear tactical imports out. And uh, uh, that's such a stuff. douche move. Sorry, just off the side. As as the frank capitalist I am, I it w- fills my heart with joy seeing people scalp <laughs> those for three thousand bucks. <laughs> uh, the next one uh, is uh, Wolverine Supplies has these Hanel Hanel. Hanel? I don't know. This is German. How do you say this? Hanel? Hanel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're very expensive hunting rifles. Look very nice. Very yeah, expensive. You know, I say very expensive, but if you were to get into uh, uh, like a, a Sacco or something yeah, like that, that yeah, same price. Same thing, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah they're uh, in your classic uh, hunting cartridges. A lot of them have iron sights, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the mags are European priced at uh, right around 140 to 160 bucks. <laughs> so don't lose them. Woo, yeah, don't just uh, just one. <laughs> don't lose it. Just leave in the rifle. Actually, hand thumb those rounds in. Uh, but if you're looking for a fine European rifle, check out Wolverine Supplies website. Oh, nice looking. This next one, I am super duper interested in. Okay, so Brownells had this company called uh, uh, PWS make this 180 clone upper now the 180 clone upper they made it to fit an ar lower okay so not interesting to canadians because well an upper that can fit a uh, an ar-15 lower is an ar-15 upper right mm-hmm. so who cares? like why it wouldn't it wouldn't even come up on our radar and it was like 900 dollars us so it's too expensive compared to the other ar-15 uppers but they also make a lower that is not an AR-15 lower. It's an oh. AR-180 kind of lower. And they make some uppers that just fit that lower. Hmm. Now that is interesting. Now, Iron Guns has a FRT for these things. 
Uh, there are no photos of it, but just to give uh, our viewers, you can't see this, Kelly, but our viewers will be able to see this. Uh, just to give an idea of what this could look like, uh, I've just got a picture of uh, one of these uh, BRN-180s up on this screen. Uh, that's what it could look like. So what this would mean, they're, they're using the Nodak Spud Lower, which is a, an American-made uh, Air 180 Lower. Uh, it's been made for a while. It's uh, it's actually already in Canada. Uh, Range Warrior Accessories, RWA, they had been making rifles on the Nodak Spud Lower. But this would be an American manufacturer times two. So lower and upper would both be um, uh, American. Uh, and it would be a product that we're going to be getting up here in Canada very, very soon. Because, again, the FRT is already approved. They already have a prototype. And they um, already make a very similar rifle for the U.S. So this is, um, in my opinion, super duper exciting because some yeah. of the alternatives have uh, have had some parts issues. And I believe that uh, a manufacturer who's manufacturing stuff for Brownells will have fewer parts issues. Mm. Now, uh, some of the things that I would be wondering about would be, right now it's a right-hand charging handle only. That's okay on an AR lower because you can just use the bolt release and still go fast. I'm, I'm thinking about going fast to three-gun, right? Uh, if it just had the charging handle on the right-hand side only, uh, it would be a little bit slower if the lower didn't have some sort of like bolt release or something like that. So I do still prefer the left or right chargers because a left charger is going to be faster um, or a bolt release. So I hope when they bring them to Canada, they either also do a left-hand charging or uh, their lower has some way of of, uh, doing a bolt release. Because otherwise it's slow. You got to do like the AK, like to either go underneath or over the top to to hit that charging (laughs) handle. And both of them are slower than... Just using your left well, hand. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine this is going to be like a $2,000 part because, or a, a rifle, because the uppers, you know, it's funny. Brownells is already making an 18 and a half inch upper for this thing. Oh, so really? it's like, oh, <laughs> that would be very handy for us here in Canada. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. got, uh, it's in 223 wild upper receiver, 18 and a half inch uh, barrel. So ready to rock and roll there. $900 US. This is probably going to be a $2,000 rifle by the time you get it all done. Because you could take that uh, and then you add on a lower. And the lowers are uh, 150 US and add on some parts and yada, yada, yada. You're up to two grand. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw these, these lowers. They've got uh, at the back, because you don't need that buffer tube, they don't have a buffer tube. They've got a little section of pick rail, a little section of Picatinny rail at the back. And there are a bunch of ultra lightweight folding stocks that attach to Picatinny rail. So the cool thing here, because up here in Canada, you need that 18 and a half inch barrel. You probably could still do a folder on it. So this would actually be a good option for us, having the ability to, to do a folder on the back and having a wide variety accessible because of that pick rail at the back would be super duper interesting. I was watching videos today, and I was like, "Oh, oh. You're excited, right?" Yeah, because like uh, Americans have been running these as pistols. They've been putting like braces and that kind of thing on them, but that stuff that yeah. we wouldn't need here in Canada. But um, this pick rail at the back, there's both fixed stocks, very ultra light fixed stocks, and uh, folding stocks. Lots and lots of different options for folding stocks because it's got that standard Picatinny rail at the back. So I hope it's this 
this BRN180M uh, lower, and the magwell looks a little bit better. It's a little bit longer and, and better supported. The original 180 magwell is just a little bit short and uh, doesn't support the magazine as well as an AR-15 one does. <laughs> so I think this is going to be a real, real G- neat option. Game changer? Do you think? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, like RWA's rifles would probably be like the best, but um, they just weren't sold a lot. Uh, the uh, the MCR is fine with some tweaks. Uh, the WK um, I, again, we had like three failures over the weekend, so like there's there's issues there. Um, but maybe they can get that uh, fixed, or we can get an American rifle that just works. Alrighty then, let's get the American rifle that just works. Yeah, I want that one. Yeah. I want that yeah. one. Okay. I should sell my WK. I have a WK. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell that that thing. Are you? Get, yeah. Yeah. You're going to buy this. Okay. Um, right. Well, I can't buy it, but I will get the cash ready and the okay. space in the safe. My right. safe space. Safe space. Yep. You're going to have a safe space. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the main topic. So for tonight's main topic, we have DJ Yukon Strong Sumanek. Uh, you might know Sumanek. this. Sumanek. There's. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, DJ, I'm, I've been following you for a little bit, but I was finally able to meet you at the uh, CCFAR Integrity March. Um, but before we get into your impressions and everything about that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like um, where are you from? What types of shooting that you, you do? And, sure. And- um, so while I was born and raised in the Yukon, uh, spent the majority of my life up here, but I did have a brief stint out of territory doing uh, various things. I went to school and um, I also spent some time actually as a professional Thai boxer. Cool. <laughs> a few years of that. In 2011, I got a bronze medal for Canada actually in the IFMA World Championships uh, over in, actually it was in Iran. Oh, that's uh, very cool. Yeah. But that was just kind of an aside. The rest of the time, you know, I've spent uh, my life up here in the Yukon. I was um, born and raised on a trap line. Uh, is where my dad started. Um, he, uh, he bred some animals in captivity for uh, zoos. And we would go out and live trap the animals. Uh, okay. try and breed them. We did lynx, uh, marten, fisher, uh, fox, and then... The rest of the time when we weren't doing, you know, chores around the property and stuff, uh, we were out there hunting, fishing, exploring, and, and doing adventures. And, uh, you know, one of the main reasons I sort of got online is because, you know, the last few years I've, I've really noticed that it's not only on the firearms file, it's on the hunting file as well, yep. too. Uh, that there's been little microaggressions, not 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 only provincially but federally, and it's been being done uh, with the assistance of the media, without a doubt. And uh, I'm just looking around. I'm like, who? Where? Where are our associations? Where are our MPs? Where somebody's got to stand up to these bullies? And nobody. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. There's quite a few people doing it, but I, I feel like in general these in particular hunting and firearms are two topics that it seems like our politicians are reluctant to speak about in many mm-hmm. respects. Uh, and of course when they need our vote, Oh yeah, we'll do this for you. We'll do that for you. 
Um, but then all of a sudden it goes dead silent. And kind of the, the straw for me was <clears throat> uh, in the run-up to Bill C-71, you know, I recall Andrew Shear, uh, he was, uh, when, when, he, when the leadership race was on, he was going around to talking to gun owners, talking to gun groups and stuff. And then once he won the leadership, he went like dead silent for about 14 months there. And there was daily attacks in the media, daily attacks by liberal MPs. And it culminated, of course, with Bill C-71. C-71, yeah. And, uh, I was like, you know, I, I was actually, you know, I called out Sheer quite a few times there on, on social media. And it's nothing personal to him. I think he's a, I think he's a, a, a good guy. And, uh, you know, I'm a conservative voter myself, of course. Um, but I just felt like... It was there was a, no support? Well, I felt like it was a period in time where Canada needed somebody to say, hey, enough's mm. enough, Justin Trudeau, enough's enough, Liberal Party of Canada. We're, we've gone past, you know, equality and safety. We've moved into entitlement, and now we're, we're going past entitlement to full-on intolerance. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I, it was a breaking point for me. I just I started to get involved and do what I could do online. <laughs> so let's tell talk a little bit about that. First of all, how'd you come up with Yukon Strong? Uh, well, I just it was just a moniker, you know. I, <laughs> I just I just came up with it. Uh, I, there's lots of things strong, you know, but yeah. I, I do also feel it's a bit of a reflection. The folks from up here, we are a small place, but we are fairly mighty. You, you'll you come across the average corner up here and we're perfectly comfortable in, in 40 below or, or hiking up a mountain with mosquitoes in your face and, you know, hunting, fishing, firearms, absolutely out the yeah. And, so uh, firearms and hunting is basically a way of life up there. Yes, for for, yeah. for most of the residents who were born here, absolutely. Yeah, um, there's we've been having a lot of folks move up here lately. It's growing a lot, um, and many of them are actually seeking outdoor stuff too. But there's a large percentage of the population who's coming from uh, like places like Toronto and Vancouver, so they're kind of more urban oriented too. So we're getting a little bit of a we're starting to see, well, we're starting to see the, the same sort of attitude uh, that that's reflected naturally or nationally by mainstream media start up here. There are people complaining, but their, their residents instantly like, whoa, no, that's not okay. This is this is if you want to live that lifestyle, uh, it's time to move back to Toronto, you know. Yeah. So um, but it's uh, it's a very magical place up here. A lot of people they'll come up. Uh, just for a one week visit and they wind up never leaving because it's well, just wind up staying. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the things you said that you've started out on social media. So you have YouTube, you have you're prolific on Twitter, you got your Facebook, you've even started writing articles as well. I've read a few of them that are on post millennial. Have you been published other places? What else are you doing? Um, no, that's pretty much it. I what what I try and do is I, I look at the dishonesty, the dishonesty from anti-gun lobbyists, dishonest narratives that are presented in the media. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you go look at articles in the comment section, there'll be hundreds of gun owners saying, wait, 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 that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And it's constantly corrected, yet the next day they'll, they'll post another one. So I try and look at those situations and 
present some evidence. I want people to use my con content as ammunition to push back against that. And while I'm just, you know, basically some guy out there, you know, it's not like I have this huge empire behind me or, or you know, certifications or anything. The reality is this, every single gun owner in this country has to take, you know, heavy certification before they are licensed. And we are verified that we understand this top topic, you know, by police. And the bottom line is, if we don't know this topic, we, we don't get licensed. So when, when we have this discussion online, um, people who are licensed, sorry, people who are not licensed need to re recognize the fact that the folks who want guns know what they're talking about because if they don't know what they're talking about, they go to jail. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So a couple of the, uh, your more shared or more viewed uh, YouTube um, videos are setting the record straight on restricted firearms. You were really articulate in that and you, it was well, well viewed, especially for Canadians too. Canadian media actually took snippets of it as well. And then also tearing apart the Trudeau anti-gun narrative in two minutes flat. Those are your two most prolific. Then the most recent one that you did was the CCFR uh, um, integrity march you did uh, a little bit of a view of that uh, it's the one where you showed how many people it was the sped up basically the sped up video where you see see everybody but you're also interviewing people too so let's talk a little bit about the uh, integrity march first of all uh, you had a lot of people coming up to you and a lot of people coming up to you saying hey it's you know you've gone strong how did that feel uh, actually I was pretty surprised really <laughs> Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Like, uh, I was, I mostly just wanted to, like I said, get evidence that how many people were there and that there was some serious support, you know. Um, but it was pretty cool that lots of people that I've, you know, even just like the first guy there, his name was Chris W. He said, Yeah, he's me, actually a regular listener watcher of the show, by the way. <laughs> oh, cool. Wow. He was just, he sent me one little YouTube comment like a long time ago. Yeah. he was having heart troubles like I was and uh you know he remembered me like I was like man you know that that really uh affects me you know when I when I saw all the people out there who recognized me who you know respected what I've been doing yep. um there's times you know like when you're online it's it's stressful man you're like always fighting with people you know yet it's exhausting you have to do this and that and you have to monitor what's happening all the time yeah, and there's days where I just want to throw in the towel, you know, but having those people come up to me and say hello, it reminds me that I can never, ever give up. And I want yeah. any anti-gun folks out there watching this uh, to hear me right now. I am not going anywhere. This fight is going to get nasty and I am prepared to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes for as long as it takes to make sure that we win because we are standing up for not only ourselves, but every single Canadian in this country, including them, uh, whether they realize it or not. And yep. um, civil liberties um, right now are more important than ever in 2020. We, we have seen this world become more violent, more divided, uh, more dangerous, and governments become more and more oppressive uh, and, and you know, tone deaf to many situations around the world. And mm -hmm. Right now, well, we're we, on the same path as New Zealand or, or you know, well, Australia with respect to our firearms laws right now. Uh, 
Justin Trudeau is not going to be prime minister forever, Kelly. Just we because, hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a, there's only one place to go for him now. Yeah. So you were talking, Chris came up to you, and I know that he talked to you in the video, but I also know that you said, well, you just said that he's made comments to you. So overall, people are familiar with you, and they really, as I said, they really respect um, what you're doing, and also uh, the um, information that you're giving, and the way that you're giving it as well. It's very respectful um, and well-researched. But people who are listening or people who are viewing the video, do you want to just tell them how you're feeling? Cause that's a lot of the questions that you were, you were getting cause you let people know that you, you've been sick recently. So just before we move forward, how are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Like I'm basically, I'm tired. I, I actually spoke to my doctor this morning and he, they just did a whole bunch of tests and ultrasound stuff and everything seems to be okay. Uh, my blood count has returned to normal and all that. Good. And he says, I probably don't need another checkup till December now. So, um, I was having a little bit of stuff there, like a fever and stuff for a while after I, excuse me, first got out, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's gone now. I'm, I'm just really tired is really Mm -hmm. what it is. And uh, I think uh, some fresh air and as soon as my chest feels like I'm going to be able to start going to the gym again and everything, like my left arm, it feels like it shrunk. Like (laughs) it probably has. <laughs> what is going on here? I feel like a noodle. <laughs> All uh, right. I feel pretty good though. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's the number one question. People are coming up. Hey, you gone? And then they were going. How are you feeling? Because everybody, you know, everybody who's been watching you has been following you. They're concerned about your health as well. So, um, speaking of which, so the CCFR Integrity March was happening. Why'd you come? Why did you actually get on a plane, fly from the Yukon when you were? You, you were basically just getting out of the hospital. Uh, well, first of all, um, when when Tracy first announced it a while ago, I was like, Tracy, it's right in the middle of hunting season. I know. And I was like, you guys, this is, I, I, if I honestly, if I hadn't have gotten injured, I probably wouldn't have been able to come. I would have had to go and do stuff and, and whatever, right? So yeah. um, bottom line is, Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, you know, now I'm on track for my health long term. Um, and I got a chance to go out there. And, you know, I knew that Rod and CCFR and Tracy, they, this was, you know, a little bit of a risk for them because, you know, if not a whole lot of people would have came, it could have, you know, harmed their credibility a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I got to do whatever I can to help them. We got to get some people out there. We got to get feet on the ground. We got to spread the word. And uh, I thought that um, it was symbolic for me that I was willing to do that. You know, people look to me uh, sometimes online, you know, to to speak for them. And how am I supposed to do that if I'm not going to show up at the first firearms rights rally in a generation? You know, um, I I couldn't have been happier with the turnout, and I think I, I really hope uh, Tracy and Rod have another one because if they do another one, I guarantee you it's going to be like three times as big now. So many yeah. people are texting me, "Oh, I wish I was there," you know, "Oh, I should have came." You know, when's the next one and stuff? And like now, because they know there's a base turnout, yeah. it'll be, it'll be huge. So uh, my impression was that uh, with COVID, uh, essentially this. Uh, past weekend was supposed to be TACCOM 
And unfortunately, TACOM was put on hold or is deferred until April because of COVID. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a blessing in disguise so that we were able to actually hold the march. However, because of COVID, we weren't sure how many people would be in attendance because exactly of that, of, of COVID. Um, but um, pleasantly surprised when we came over the, came up um up the hill and uh, saw all of these, all these people and uh, Tracy's on the calm going, get people here now, get the volunteers here now. <laughs> people were showing up and, and everything. Um, but overall, let's talk about your overall impressions of the day, how it went, um, your thoughts on the march itself. Um, I think it was extremely positive, you know, positive in the sense of like the atmosphere of, of, of everyone there, Every, it was just a really good vibe. Everybody was happy. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was polite. Everybody was calm, organized, respectful. You know, I, I honestly can't really recall, you know, a group like when there's been that large of a group together, you know, when there hasn't been, you know, some Yahoo doing something stupid, you know, and uh, everybody was just like, a plus 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 you know like the the cameras the and they could have come up and interviewed anyone there it wouldn't have mattered if it was me or tracy or rod we would have all said the right thing and you could you could see that on uh, andrew uh, lawton's he did a, a piece on true north yeah, there I did. and he was just interviewing random people and people of all you know colors races creeds religions were there men women children um, you know, super, super inclusive event. And everybody had the same thing. Get off our backs. We're not doing anything wrong. Why, why do we have to do this? You know? And I think it really sends a message to, um, the powers that be and the folks that are really trying to harm us, you know, uh, that, um, they're facing an uphill battle right now. There are a lot of people from a lot of different groups that don't want this uh, ban or, or any further restrictions. And there's a lot of people who aren't even gun owners that were there yeah. who are saying, hey, wait a minute. Yep. Maybe we need to slow down and have a think about this because <laughs> if we're going to just start seizing property without even discussing it in parliament, uh, well, guess what? Like I said, Justin Trudeau is not going to be prime minister forever. What happens when a government that you don't like is in power and they decide that you don't deserve to have anything and, oh, here's a little order in council. See you later. You know, so I think there's a lot of power in that message that we, we really want to focus on, you know, this isn't necessarily property rights. This is, or sorry, this is human isn't rights. Yeah, firearms rights. It's actually yeah. property rights, which makes it a human right, yeah. uh, because humans have a right to own property. Period. Mm-hmm. So, so you were saying that there was people there that were in support of the march, or there was people there in support, not necessarily of firearms, but there were. We actually saw people on the side of the road holding signs that says, "I don't like guns, but I still believe in firearm rights." And yeah. these people actually look like they ate a lot of granola, let's just say, right? <laughs> they weren't the typical, you know, gun owner or, or whatever. But we had um, people along the side of the road as well, holding up signs and supporting the march. The march itself. So, 
let's talk about the media reporting. What There's happened? Number one, due to my recovery, I got to eat a lot of granola now. Granola <laughs> <laughs> is still good. I know, but you know, we're doing stereotypical. You're not the stereotypical granola eater either. Right? I just, just eat like three giant cheeseburgers right now when I can't. Uh, <laughs> and number two, um, you know, I, I actually interviewed one of those people. It's going to be yeah. on my, my, my uh, Twitter here in the next couple of days. I got it on on auto or whatever. So uh, look look for that. You can hear that side of the story too on my on my page. Sorry. And now, what what was the question again? So the question was um, overall the media. There was media at on uh, at the march. We, Andrew Lawton was there. Rebel Media was also there. Um, but there were some other people there too. The people that were there uh, underreported what was going on or or. Um, they didn't really tell the truth about some of They all things. used the same, they all bought the same crappy yeah. article from the Canadian press, which I don't know if they were there or not. I don't think so. But they had like, they had a hot take on it and, I, and everyone bought it. The CBC bought it, City TV, everyone bought the same article and just popped it up on the website. And they're like, done, reported yeah. on. Well, I, even, the- I haven't even seen that, that CBC, I haven't seen any original CBC article or anything on it yet. Um, there. Wait a minute. That, Go ahead. Uh, hi, Adriel. Hey. Huge <laughs> uh, fan. Uh, I didn't know if I was allowed to talk to you or not. So <laughs> <laughs> he jumps in so, every once in a while. your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to talk, but the eye contact, no way. No. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I go to your page all the time just to you do great reviews of, of the firearms and the situation. I'll be over here. You guys can share the bromance, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, the, the the CBC, wow, where do I start with them? Um, you know, it's interesting that um, even even though, you know, it, it's pretty clear at this point that CBC is, has, has documentable bias against firearms owners. Okay, like, for instance, there's that CCFR report that was done. Uh, it just goes through all their articles and proves it, right? Um, even though, you know, um, they're all the, the rest of the other mainstream media, they, like Adriel said, they just sort of replayed it and sent it all out. The fact is they felt a need to respond, right? Which means what we're doing is starting to work. They're worried about our message, okay? Even though they're doing everything they can to suppress that message, it's still having an effect. They're still aware of it. And they did send someone down there. There's videos you can see on yeah. Tracy's channel. They recorded yeah. her interview. And it was like it wasn't controversial. It wasn't, you know, aggressive or anything. It was, she was very... Uh, Articulate. Yeah, articulate. And what what happens? Radio silence, and we, they, who do they call? They call Polly, and and Polly in the last few days they they've been starting to harp on me now. They're retweeting. I saw that my stuff on social media. Somebody took a picture of my chest. They were calling me uh, a radical gun activist and all these things. And like, I I am just literally some random guy you know, from, from the Yukon. I'm not, you know, 
I guess I am an activist now. I think yeah, that's a, a, a fair statement, but I'm, it's not because, you know, I have an agenda. I'm responding to an aggression. I have no choice. If I remain silent, people are going to do bad things to me. The government is going to do bad things to me. And that is the heart of this matter. It, they would never have seen my face. They would not know my name. They would never have seen any of my videos if they simply would have left me alone. And they can't do that. They, they can't seem to just live and let live and have people, you know, have alternate lifestyles. It's, it's not about, um, you know, trying to find an answer to public safety or gun violence. It's about weaponizing the issue for political gain and absolutely controlling and dominating the people that they disagree with. And that kind of thinking is, is dangerous. This has all happened before, you know what I mean? So we need to shut it down now. And the CCFR has a super, super positive message, super, uh, very clear mandate. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, they've, they've made me a believer, you know, I, I've checked out some of the other gun organizations and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, have, I'm willing to work with anyone who, who is, is willing to assist gun owners in this country. Um, but I think the, the one thing that separates the CCFR is they are seeking a dialogue. They're seeking a conversation with the folks who are still reasonable, um, yep. Sorry, I'm getting phone calls here. Um, and um, that is the key to, to changing uh, this situation, is that we have to reach those people somehow, some way. We have to do it peacefully. We mm -hmm. have to do it intelligently. And um, I think, it, like I said, it's starting to work. They're, they're having to respond to our narrative. And okay. I know I'm, I'm babbling a bit here, but I want to say to um, all the gun owners out there watching this that, you know, it's important to respond to things from like Polly and, and the docs for promotion of gang violence when they make these crazy posts. It's important to, to respond to them. But the real game changer is when we start forcing them to respond to our narrative. So every time you go to, you know, engage in debate on one of their BS posts I want you to put a post on your page out there that other gun owners can tweet a positive message about gun ownership and stuff. Because the reality is there's like what, like maybe a hundred anti gun folks, like really hardcore anti gun folks that are active on social media. There yeah. are thousands and thousands of us. And if we just start putting out our message, we'll just, we'll drown them in a it, positive manner. Yeah. In a positive manner. Yeah. Be because right. if we do it in a way that is not so positive, they'll just say, hey, look, see, see what, mm -hmm. see what we're having to deal with. Positively okay. drown them. Drown positively them positively. Drown. drown them. Positively drown them. Positively yeah, drown them. That's a, that's a good example <laughs> there because I said that. They're like, oh, that's a expression. No, I mean like drown their message, not drown. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's the kind of the, the next step for us is we have to take our message and, and, and make it the loudest one. And guess what happens? It's a really good message. And we have all the data and all the statistics to back it up. It's a really, really hard argument to come back against. The only one they have is, is like you said, to demonize, demonize us, make us look violent, make us look stupid, make us look... Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm, unfortunately, what we're seeing is a little bit more of the opposite. 
Um, I recently saw a friend of mine who is somebody who is a hunter and they're quite notable and there she was being targeted this week by people who are um from uh, one of the groups PETA is one of them and um and quite the messaging was horrific basically um mm. threats towards her and her family and different things like that so it's it's not acceptable and uh, it's almost like it's what they're accusing us of is uh, what they're actually doing so it's unacceptable so we have to actually, um, as you said, do it and do it well, but also just um, push back and, you know, use knowledge and, and logic and, and do it in a way that is respectful as well. You know what? All those folks posting those nasty messages, they wouldn't pass the, 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 the uh, CFSC. They would, they, would, they would not get their gun license because... No, they wouldn't. Person, they're, they they would have difficulty finding a person to, to, to stand up and say, oh, yeah, he or she, she could probably be a gun owner safely. You know, that kind of, it's like I said, that kind of intolerance is it's growing everywhere and it needs mm -hmm. to be confronted immediately. Everywhere you see it, in a grocery store, in your workplace, um, on, online, you know, just say, hey, I'm, I'm one of the people that you're talking about. Can, can you explain to me what exactly exactly what you're talking about because they like to do yeah. it for, you know the comfort and safety of their couch on their phone um but face to face when you and i are looking them in the eye they'll, they'll yep. start humming and on and particularly you know when you remind them there are are, are very there, there are children who engage in this sport you know there are athletes you know you have to at some point, say, who who is the the, the real extremist here? And, and mm. firearms have been a part of Canada since before Confederation. You know, hundreds of years now. Um, if if the the problems existed that Polysusuvian and, and these folks suggested, you know, even if one percent of Canadians were engaging in the behavior they accuse us of, that's that's twenty two thousand homicides a year. Where is all the murder from licensed gun owners? And I believe it was Senator Andre Pratt. Yes, it was during the C-71 hearings. Uh, he had StatsCan do a special commission uh, on the number of um, licensed gun owners involved in a homicide. And the number I believe he came back was 186 suspects, suspects. Over the last ten years, not convictions. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't quote the convictions because the number probably would have been so low it's laughable. But you know that is an exceedingly good number. There are countries who would be overjoyed to have that low of a homicide rate amongst the demographic, and um, you know, it, it, eight, like that's like what eighteen people a year out of two point two million. Obviously, the guns aren't the problem. It's some sort of other factor with that particular person or their situation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we proved it at the integrity march. Thousands of gun owners came together. Nobody brought any sort of weapon of any kind. Nobody, I didn't even hear a swear word for, for Pete's sake. You know what I mean? Like it was as peaceful as a protest as it could be, as clean as a protest could be. And that mm -hmm. is a reflection of 
of who we are in, in the mm-hmm. real world. <clears throat> Sorry. That's exactly it. It was, um, yeah, it was peaceful. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic. I was, I was so impressed with everybody that, that showed up. Um, why don't we talk about what's next for you? What's coming up? Um, well, um, I have a couple ideas for some more good videos uh, to put out uh, regarding some more statistical and truth or facts news. I'm working on a website. I've been working on it for ages, and I just I can't seem. I always have too my fingers in too many pies. <laughs> I try. I really want to get that done uh, because I want to consolidate like some of my best content somewhere for uh, other gun owners out there to use as a reference so they can link it. Um, I am also working on an outdoor-based show in the background here, too. I'm going to start sharing some of my wilderness adventures. uh, Okay, cool. With Canada. Uh, I I was hoping to have the first season of it wrapped up this fall, but because of my heart, now it's probably going to be realistically a full year before I have enough episodes uh, because we have to Have you shopped around for networks for that or you could um, do it through social media or what are you going to do? Well, I was supposed to film two episodes uh, of the edge with wild TV. Uh, okay. Now what happened was my father went, he's uh, there's two things happened. Number one, the COVID thing happened. So we, we lost the film permit on one of the sites we were supposed to go to. And then number two, I got sick. So it's just going to be my father on that one. But I think we are going to have an ep- episode with Steve Eckman. He's going to come on our, our show uh, just cool. he's come on with us just for fun. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. I don't know 100% for sure. But um, I, I talked to a few of the guys at Wild TV and they said, yeah, yeah, we want to see, see what you're working on. Um, so who knows? Anything could happen. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that the main thing that comes out of it is that I want to show, um, I don't, I don't really care so much about the TV show aspect or getting it syndicated or networked or whatever. I, I, I just want to share who I am. I want to share the beauty uh, uh, of the, the wilderness of hunting, uh, of firearms ownership and, and the way of life that is being completely ignored by mainstream media and, um, I also want to uh, make folks recognize that um, it, it's hunters. We are stewards of the wilderness. We we engage mm. in, in wildlife management. That's that's the bottom line. Without us, the government would be in serious trouble. Species would be in serious trouble. And um, you know, we're not. We're just like we're being used just like gun owners as a political pawn uh, for. Um, vote-rich urban centers that people that don't understand it, but the the folks in those in that mindset, I want to I want to start reaching them. And um, so far, the people I've shown are put out a few little testing. The, re- the reaction has been really positive. Um, we, my father and I, we go to some very very remote areas. We we, we you know, like for instance, uh, the the the, the first two episodes we shot last year, uh, it was, I think, a three-hour float plane flight, and then we hiked wow. uh, about 40 kilometers <laughs> from that site, <laughs> right? Uh, so, 
nobody's around. There's no humans. There's no quads. There's no trails. It's all done on foot. Uh, and uh, it's just magical out there. I just gives me chills just thinking about it. I, I, I think, You're looking forward to doing it again. Well, I, I just really think that the more of that world I could share with people, uh, mm-hmm. the, the more um, I think it could have a positive effect for everyone. You know, like we're just, we're all at each other's throats about everything. And it's just, it's time to stop. This is, we're, we're all Canadians. We're supposed to be like polite, you know? It used to be, <laughs> I used to be able to sit down at the table and disagree and be like, oh, well, let's just talk about something else, you know, like, you know, whatever. But now it's just like, you don't agree with me. Yeah, like, it, they, yeah. they, they want to freaking find out where you work. They want to get you fired. They want to mm-hmm. embarrass you, harm you, however they can, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's on every freaking issue. And it's, you know, it's like I said, what I'm doing, it's a response to that aggression. If folks just leave me alone, I will disappear. You know, I I, I don't want to do this. I, I I have no choice because if I don't, my real life will be eradicated in my lifetime. Uh, so. Yeah. What do you like to do? Yeah. yeah. Adriel, yeah. Well, what do you, you got? See, you can see like a big difference there. Like uh, I think BC is like the clearest example of most of the population is in Vancouver and the lower mainland. And uh, if they had their way, they would vote in some stuff that would not fit the rest of that province. The rest of the, and the vast majority of like land size of that province doesn't match with how they want things to go. Uh, there was an article just recently here about a, uh, a wolf that was shot. And this is a big travesty because everyone knew the wolf, except for the hunters who saw a wolf and, and shot it legally. And I think that uh, that's kind of like, oh, that's like the sharp tip of the spear of are they going to ban wolf hunting? Are they going to ban bear hunting? Uh, here in Alberta here, they banned spear hunting. And I mean, the only people who spear hunted are like real enthusiasts, people who really like want to do this thing. That's a, that's a, a very challenging uh, thing to try out. And I think would frustrate most people who tried to, uh, to do it. Um, yeah. But they banned that. So they're, they're starting to ban on like the bottom, the bottom half, like spear hunting and some of these other things. And then on the top half, it's like, Oh, well, you want to go hunting with a 460 Weatherby? Nope, can't do that. You want to hunt with this or this? Nope, can't do that. And they're starting to like whittle it down to just this like narrow band of what is acceptable, which I don't know, I I think is wrong. I think that uh, a lot of different people want to do things in in different ways. And I'd rather everyone, as long as they're not harming other people, would be able to do whatever they want. Yeah, you have to just start challenging that thinking, changing the mindset. I think, I think some so. some of it uh, were were our own worst enemy. Like the the Alberta yeah. one, when I asked them about the spear hunting thing, oh, they did a survey of hunters, and hunters said that they didn't want to spear hunt, so we made it illegal. Well, they don't want to like, spear hunt because well, they don't. Well, and, right? and it it kind of becomes like tyranny of of the majority as well. Yeah. Like if the majority of hunters just want to hunt with a bolt action rifle, great, but they shouldn't be able to dictate. That's the only thing. That's the only way that the people hunt. Because different different strokes for different folks. Some yeah. people want to go spear hunting. Some people I'm are not- like Olympic javelin uh, throwers, and they want to spear hunt, and they probably can't, right? Or some people want to bow hunt, and it's like, yeah, that's you know that's harder. That's a frustrating uh, endeavor to get into. But if people want to bow hunt, they should be allowed to. Mm-hmm. So we'll go back to the very first point you made there about the wolf. Did anyone discuss that the fact that you know? taking that wolf probably saved, I don't know, 20 ungulates. You know, like a singular wolf 
Um, it, it is like what my experience with both packs, what they do is they'll, they'll take a kill and often they don't even eat the entire kill. So they'll go out and they'll be following a herd of, of whatever caribou and not, they'll take it down or bison and then they'll eat and then the, the meat starts to spoil and then they'll move on. Now that's, you know, from an ecosystem perspective, a bear is going to come and probably finish up the rest so it doesn't all go to waste but the point i'm trying to make is that the wolves take more than they actually need and then they they have babies like crazy men and then all of a sudden now you're seeing it in northern bc they're complaining mm-hmm. about uh, caribou populations there um trying to shut down hunting and stuff and it's like hunting is it's way 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 less uh, uh, of a percentage of the mortality the, the two biggest things are, are predators and loss of habitat and anyone who doesn't believe that you to the folks living in downtown vancouver when was the last time you seen a grizzly bear walk down the street okay they're 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 walking around all over around here because our way of life hasn't extirpated them now at the end of the day um um you know i think hunting it's an emotionally charged aspect yep. you know I, when i when i take a, an animal's life I, I still feel it, you know, I, I don't enjoy watching an animal struggle and die, but Adriel brought up the 460 Weatherby, <laughs> let me tell you something, nothing is going to struggle and die, They're not, it's going to be far more humane to, to take an animal with a large caliber rifle like that, you, you use like say Acubon ammunition, it has a concussive effect and they just drop, they're, they're dead within 30 seconds, um, you know, a natural death for them is getting eaten alive or starving and getting sick in the winter. You know, it's, mm. uh, and on top of that, we have wildlife management quotas um, in the government because if you harvest, it's, it's like kind of like crop rotation. If you harvest certain species at certain numbers, you can actually inflate the numbers for everything and, um, you know, s- sustain more than if you just left them alone. So, um, I don't know, like spear hunting. I've, I've been close enough <laughs> a couple of times, you know, but I just, I'm thinking to myself, man, that would be like, it, it probably the animals get around a long ways, <laughs> you know, but to each their own, you know, if people got to do it, it, you know, it really doesn't matter. Uh, as long as the animal is harvested legally, uh, as long as it's harvested within, uh, you know, a wildlife management perspective, what is best for the species and as long mm-hmm. as it's recovered and nothing goes to waste, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter, you know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> exactly. Um, Adriel talked about uh, a wolf and, um, and uh, recently we had a coyote here and the coy- we have coyotes all over the city here. Um, but we had a coyote and people were quite upset about um, people killing coyotes and especially one person she was upset about it and then the coyote came in and took her cat yeah <laughs> so they get upset and then when and then their pets start disappearing then they're not as upset but anyways um let's talk about uh, where can people where can people see your stuff or where can people get in touch with you if they're interested in um, suggestions for topics or if they just want to talk to you so i'm most active on twitter and then I'm trying to get my YouTube channel up a little bit more so people can share it on other social media platforms. My mm-hmm. Facebook is kind of abysmal. I'm like, everything on my Facebook is like a month old. 
I like becoming like managing my social media is becoming a full time job uh, these days because I like I have to do the post and I got to upload it to this site and do it to that site and do it to this site and then people start commenting and everything so it's it's a heck of a lot of work so um, best place probably still is Twitter but once I get my website going I'm going to try and consolidate the best things of uh, of each place and then uh, that way there'll be sort of a more of a reference for, for okay. that so you needed an assistant then no no <laughs> well i don't i guess but i i i just uh what i need is is for the right thing to happen in canada and yeah our lives so that i don't have to do this anymore and um you know i i would encourage watcher folks out there watching this to get involved start donating to ccfr uh, your local uh you know shooting club anything that you can do uh, to assist uh, any sort of a pushback at any level of government right now is is, is absolutely vital. Um, you know, there's there's 2.2 million of us, and you know we we've seen some great support recently. We now have the number one and two petitions, I think, e petitions in Parliament. Yep. We have, uh, hands down, uh, the biggest uh, pro firearms rights march in 20 years uh, made the anti-gun protest look like they, it was embarrassing how bad their, theirs was compared to ours. And, uh, you know, that's great, but there's still, you know, a, a huge majority of gun owners out there who are just watching this. And I know they're complaining. I see them on the street. They talk to me. They're complaining about what's going on, mm-hmm. but uh, you got to get involved online. you got to take action. you got to gotta do stuff. And I, I know it's annoying. I know it's, it's people, it's just so much easier just to not get involved. But if we just make a hard push right now. Oh, and one other thing too that people uh, need to do is they need to get more people into hunting and shooting. If we mm-hmm. all just get one more person uh, involved in hunting uh, and shooting, our, our numbers double. And then we will be about 10% of the Canadian population. And that will be the nail in the coffin. No party will be able to mess with us politically uh, without mm-hmm. serious repercussions. So, Next year, I want you to get someone a restricted license, get them into pistol shooting, and that'll be that. <clears throat> Fantastic. Definitely. Yep. Okay. Anything else that, uh, that Adriel, any other questions you have for DJ? No, I think it's been fantastic. I mean, it's, the time's just yep. flown by here. We should probably have you on again. Yep. So why don't we actually touch base again um, in a couple of months, maybe? Sure. See how yeah. things are going, and see if uh, you can get some of uh, your TV uh, series up and running, and see how things are going. But, yeah. um, do you want to tell them the story about the Kevloids? <laughs> Why don't you tell it? <laughs> so, the first when I came out to Ottawa and I was meeting everyone. There's there's two sort of main Kellys at the CCFR, and uh, they were we share brain, share everything. Yes, and they're both fantastic ladies, very, very polite, very friendly, very helpful, very organized, too, I'd like to say. Uh, you guys were like the shepherds. Everything. And then, uh, fair enough, um, I, uh, Kelly number one, I guess we'll call you. Um, okay. <laughs> and texted and she said, hey, hey, do you want to come on Slamfire Radio? And I said, okay. And uh, so then I texted her, I said, to the Kellys with her number, 
but I got autocorrected and it said to the Kaloids. <laughs> so now every time I see them to, together, I go, Kaloids! <laughs> so we were the Kellys. Um, we're affectionately known as Kellys, the Kellys. It's like, you know, the Heathers from the movie the heathers but we're nice so we got the he so we got the kelly's or we got kelly's square and now we're the kelloids so and we answer to anything really as long as kelloids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story of yeah anyways thanks for having me on guys and nice to meet you adriel i hope we can have another discussion a little bit more interactive in a future date it's uh, it's awesome it's just one more example of finally getting to meet the people out there online you know uh in person and to see them face to face it's that's really one of the favorite things i, I enjoyed at the the integrity march was finally meeting everyone and yeah uh, they were just as cool as i thought they would be it's awesome yeah. awesome <clears throat> yeah let's Adrian, do that you need to go up to the yukon go on a hunting trip it's not that far I know you're in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, this is the last like civil like one million person city until you're like up in the middle of nowhere. Um, I can get you uh, a small game license actually out here. I believe it is possible for you to do so. We could do like grass hunting or something if you came out in the fall. Um, but um, other than that, the only other you could come along on a hunt, but I don't think the, the only other way to, to hunt up here is you have to get guided, which is big money. Super, mm. super. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like big American money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm on, I'm a Canadian YouTuber money here. I, I can't afford that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Probably. But it sounds like, yeah, you guys are, you know, it's like a romance. <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right thanks again for coming on and uh we'll touch base in a little bit thanks for having me guys all right once again we want to say thank you to uh dj for coming on and chatting us up about the integrity march and also everything that's going on in the yukon we're going to probably have him back on because i like that dude i hung out the whole weekend with him he's awesome so he's a nice guy yeah, he really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of a bromance going on, wasn't there? <laughs> there was. Like, huge. We were both a little bit into hunting, yeah. 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 A little bit into that. Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Why don't we get into listener feedback? Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service uh, gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, circuit finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new news guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And you can also check them out on Instagram and the Facebooks as well. So say hi to him for us if you do actually chat with him. D Denny is a super nice guy. And apparently, um, Adriel, or not Adriel, uh, Trevor might even be going back to work for him. Maybe yeah. Yeah. once a week or so. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so Take go over and say there. hi to him. Yeah. All right. Anything that we haven't been covering as we go through it on I think we've been hitting more or less of everything. Ethan's saying based and Adriel pilled. I'm not sure uh, which rant he he was uh, he was referring to there, but sorry, who? Uh, what? Ethan. What about it? He was uh, he commented on Facebook. That's the part we're doing right now, right? Facebook comments. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Said based and Adriel pilled. I'm not sure which one that's covering though. 
Uh, not either. I have lots of rants that I go through. I'm not aware of which one I just did. Oh, come on. You don't rant. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, you know what? I don't know. Anyways, I, I don't know. Was it the one with Mac? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I'm going to cover Josh. And the reason that I'm going to read Josh is because guess what? He's your buddy. You get Spencer. You get Spencer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Josh is my buddy. Yeah. Uh, from Josh. It says, hey, guys. Uh, great turnout last, uh, last weekend at the uh, Parliament Hill. Parliament building in Ottawa for the Integrity March. I estimate there was well over a thousand, if not two thousand, in attendance. Even the Liberal Radio CBC downplayed it and said there were only eight hundred. There was actually quite much, quite a bit more than that. So, uh, shout out to uh, Tracy and Rod for organizing the great event. Anyways, this email has to do with uh, bullet weights. Traditionally, I use firearms for hunting, and therefore understand the difference between bullet weights for killing uh, power and accuracy, etc. However, how does this apply to handgun rounds, uh, specifically 9 mil? Usually, I find that the um, budget ammo is 115 grain. Don't get the match duck. Um, recently, I watched a YouTube video from Hiscock45, uh, and he says how much he prefers 147 grains and even the 124 grain over the 115. Um, I think those are correct weights. I don't have much pistol experience, but have shot all three weights. And I didn't notice a huge difference. What are your thoughts on uh, one weight over the other in nine millimeter? On a side note, try searching for on Google for how much Hisshawk 45 gets paid by YouTube for his videos. It's mind blowing number. Uh, probably similar to what podcast hosts get paid. <laughs> Josh, um, yeah, we don't get monetized like Hitchcock 45. Yeah, Hickok. Hickok 45. Not Hitchcock, yes. Hickok. Um, so like there's uh, there, like there's estimates on that kind of stuff, but unless unless there's an article from him, you don't know. Um, the estimate that I saw was like a mil, uh, yeah. one mil a year. Uh, but it's likely less than half of that because uh, you don't make as much revenue per view on gun stuff as you do on other stuff. So yeah. unless yeah. he said how much he makes. There is a video that says that's someone else, though. They don't actually know. We should have a monogram. I don't know. Hey, how much do you make? <laughs> is, that, make. Is, that a, is that a rude intro? <laughs> Listen, Josh wants to know how much you make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's kind of like asking how a woman how old they are. How old are you? How much do you weigh? Anyways, uh, speaking of weights, let's talk about 147 versus 124, which is versus 115 so um if you shoot a competition where you need to knock over steel the heavier stuff's better uh like uh, ipsic kind of a thing if you need to hit power factor it's easier to do so with 147 trevor and matthew like 147 because they say it shoots uh smoother it's heavier there's, and there's probably smoother, something to it it's got more pep yeah um yeah loading them like a mag if you get a one a mag full of 147 grain bullets it does have a little bit more inertia going in which could be a good or bad thing. Uh, a, a mag with some rounds in it will drop faster with 147s. Long story short, if price was the same, you'd get 147s. The price is not the same. They're cheaper for the 115s and they're, they're cheaper for the 124s. Right. Uh, so I would say if you're shooting IPSC and you don't really care, 124s would be fine. If you're not shooting IPSC and you're just putting holes in paper... Shoot 115s. 115. They're cheap. 115 is yeah. the cheapest, but it, you're, hey, I'm shooting the 115s for um, just 
giggles right now because um, it was cheap. And as I said, it's I'm having a lot of um, issues with that. So but that's because uh, it's max tech. That's not because yeah, it's one fifteen. No. Yeah. No, well. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I ran 115s and 124s and, and whatnot um, through my shadow. My shadow eats all of it. Mm. My shadow usually eats all of it, too, except for these ones. Anyways. Well, that's because it's max tech. That's, not, that's, that's because that stuff's like garbage ammo. Mm. The max tech steel, steel cased is not good ammo. Well, I know that because I'm currently shooting it. <laughs> I, I probably nice, gave I you that nice. warning when you bought it, too. Yeah, you did, but you know what? It was it's cheap. It's like it's cheap. Who cares, it was right? Cheap. Yeah, who cares? Just yeah. go to the range. Good re- your remedials yeah. will be fast and furious. Bam. You're like ah, <laughs> tap rack, go. <laughs> yep, Kelly's actually super impressed too with um, my shooting this time um, as well. We're 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 getting there together. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a lot of issues with um, make tra- not make changes, just um, um, how was it uh, failing? Like, like, was it like, like short stroking? No, light primer strikes. <laughs> so and then ejection issues. So, so light primer strikes. A lot of the time, it's just not chambering them correctly. Yeah, like they're not going it, all the way in. So even with I, I was just making sure that the mags were seated well. And... No, what I'm saying is like the bullet's not going, full, like the round's not going into the chamber f- properly, mm-hmm. and the slide's not fully forward. Right. Because if the slide's fully forward, and you hit uh, the hammer hits that pin, that, that thing's going off. You will you will strike it off. There's no way you're not you're not going to pull rack it back and find like a a round with like a deep primer hit on it that didn't go off. No, or, I mean, fine. you could, but you you wouldn't say it's a light primer strike. So, like, light primer strike is usually uh, it didn't fully go into battery because the shadow has, like, a pretty tight chamber on it. And max tech is uh, uh, going to be up and down on the QC. And I, mm. I bet some of those didn't chamber all, all the way. Anyways. Yeah. So, spend a little bit extra. Don't get the match shock. How's that? I mean, for practice ammo, it's good. No. probably not for like you're probably going to get like PTSD from like failures and like in a match <laughs> like any little thing you're like ah and you're just doing remedials for like it's empty or <laughs> you just forgot the safety's on and you're just like remedial 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 <laughs> just throwing everything at it when it was like yeah safety or something <laughs> yeah, yeah no um yeah but so he's asking, which do you get? 147, 124, 115? Depends on what he's shooting. If he's shooting comp- if he's shooting IPSC, you need to make power factor. And right. 147s are easier to make power factor for. Definitely right. not 115s. Because like some of the 115s you won't make power factor with. 124, you're okay. It's kind of like a marriage between the two. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that is the standard yep. uh, weight for, for 9mm. Yeah, but if you're cheap, I used to shoot cheap, that 124 the all the time. Yeah, you can get yeah. Okay, guess what? <clears throat> mm-hmm. You're up. Oh, that's that's all right. I mean, Spence, Spencer writes his stuff really well, so it's it's always easy to read. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, he it's does. been a while since I wrote to you, but I heard Trevor mentioned how I uh, mentioned how much he loved lever guns. I'm going to say lever just to trigger him mm-hmm. uh, with non-traditional stocks. So I figured I'd send him a picture of the ones I have. Maybe it'll motivate him to race toy cars better, the same way he motivates Kelly to shoot better skeets. <laughs> <laughs> 
We should have put a trigger warning before this email. <laughs> uh, the top one is an old JM stamped 336 that I used to use as a truck gun. I have a PC carbine in that role now. Oh, carbine instead of carbine. I'm going to trigger hey, the Americans some more with this one. I'm doing it on purpose you, too. Before you go further, uh-huh. are you able to actually show the listeners or show the viewers that his picture? Uh, give me no. like, let me scroll a little bit more and then I'll show them. I'll, I'll pull okay. up the letter at the same time. They can, they can read with me. Okay. Uh, where was I? Uh, uh carbine. Uh, carbine. yes. Carbine, carbine, turbine, turbine, mm-hmm. turbine. <laughs> That's a Texans call a turbine, turbine, call it a turbine. Got to turn up the turbine. Uh, <laughs> since it shares mags with the Glock 17 in my get home bag, so it'll probably get sold off soon. I do have the woodstock for it, uh, which is probably what it'll get sold with. That ramline polymer stock in the picture is probably worth half what the gun is since they've been out of production for years. Oh. The middle one is what I already told you guys about, a Marlin 1894 CST that I can shoot suppressed using 38 Special through my 9mm can. And I'll pop this up over here. Uh, it's a great little gun, and it shows how much Mar- uh, Marlin has improved since the whole Remlin fiasco. I really hope they make it out of Remington's current problems intact after oh all God. the work they've done to fix that brand. At the bottom is my latest lever gun purchase, one of the Henry X model guns Adriel mentioned. I was looking for one in 44 Magnum, but when I did the research, I found out that my 45 suppressor would probably have issues with most Magnum loads. Not only that, the 44 Magnum guns are literally impossible to find. Mm. In almost a month of checking gun broker, I found a grand total of one, and they wanted at least $500 over MSRP for it. And there's only a few companies that even are accepting customer orders, and Henry isn't one of them. Because of that, I ended up getting it in 45 Colt. That caliber not only suppresses very well in cowboy loads, but is one I already have plenty of, and one there's, that's still available at normal prices. I've only gotten to the range with it once, but it shoots like you would expect a Henry to shoot. A smooth action and accurate. As a newer model, it's got both the side gate and the tube. And while it has the molded-in sling swivels, they are really beefy. If Adro was thinking these were the flimsy kind used on some 22s I've seen, that's not the case. These would be really hard to break off. I don't intend to use a bipod with it, since prone isn't something lever guns do well, but it's nice to have the little bit of rail up front for one, even if I just put the cover on it. I have a decent sling and a set of Skinner peep sights that will go on it before its next range trip as well. Nice. By the way, I'm not surprised you had uh, good luck teaching new shooters to use aperture sights compared to the post and notch kind. Uh, I've always found them to be the best iron sights of any kind of rifle, and I've never had any issues back in the day when I used to coach a kid's rifle team. Even a 10-year-old gets the idea of the front sight bead going in the middle of the ring, and that setup still works great, even for me with my much older eyes. That's it for now. Hope you're all staying reasonably sane up there in America's hat from Spencer. And I'm showing the picture of the three lever guns. Yeah. There, I'll say it properly once more. But the proper American one. I always get comments on my YouTube channel about people getting PO'd about uh, my pronunciation either. being wrong. But it's like, no, that's that's Canadian pronunciation. Yeah. That's that's a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ethan's saying we should have Ian McCollum on again uh, I for think we the uh, KE15 that he's been developing. Yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting one. Uh, the what would Stoner do uh, mm-hmm. build they've done is really interesting as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's always up to some interesting stuff. Or we could have... Yeah. 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 We have Ian on. That'd be cool. 
Yeah. Mm. Come on. Again. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. So if you would like to send an email, send it to the show and send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to read it. And yeah. So anyways. Uh, Patreon supporters. We have new, no new Patreonies uh, this week, but uh, we wanted to say thank you to those of you who are currently supporting us on Patreon. If you'd like to do that, you can go to patreon.com, go to Slamfire Radio, and you know, show us some love. Or you can also show us some love by going to our website and clicking on the Cabela's link there. Uh, if you're going to Cabela's anyways, you might as well actually support the show. So and go and buy stuff, and they'll give us a few dollars from your or cents. I don't know how much they send to us, but anyways, they'll they'll show us some love. All right, shoutouts, Adriel. What you got? Uh, to the Three Gun Crew, all the guys who ROed and volunteered and did all the hard work to uh, make it possible, uh, and then to the sponsors. Like um, this year was hard for like, the start of the year was very hard for some of the uh, gun mm-hmm. manufacturers, and the whole yep. year has been hard for Canadian gun manufacturers. But we still had lots of support for this event, and uh, it was very much appreciated. Awesome. I do have a couple of shout outs. The first one is to Tracy Wilson. Wanted to say happy birthday. Today is her officially her birthday. So I wanted to say happy birthday to her. Um, and I also wanted to say to all of the people who volunteered for the Integrity March, uh, you guys did a really, really fantastic job. So I uh, just just have to let you know that. A couple of them are uh, watching or listening tonight too. So I, I saw Terry Maxwell in there. Um, but especially Kelly Kincaid, she did a fantastic job of being point person for this. Uh, of course, Rod and Tracy did a fantastic job as well with their interviews and also being the spokespeople and also being uh, the people that spearheaded this. So congratulations to, to them on a fantastic march. And uh, I also wanted to say thank you to everybody who did actually come to the march, showed up. Uh, I know that it's been a particularly um, interesting time with COVID, um, and there was concerns and different things like that as well. But people actually put their money where their mouth is, and they came. And it was great to see, especially some of those people that I haven't been able to see for a little bit. Uh, or people that I've never met, but they came up and said hi, and uh, just because uh, they've listened to the show, or um, you know, they know me through other means too. So, just want to say thank you. All right. So, anyways, um, yeah, let's let's get out of here. So, check us out on Gunners of Canada. We have a thread over there. Uh, give us a like on Facebook if you haven't already. We are at two thousand seven hundred and seven as of today. Uh, join the CCFR because uh, right now they're the ones that are making uh, our voices heard. Uh, obviously, Integrity March. Hey, and uh, you know what? We're gonna see you next week. Um, maybe. I'm hoping we will. It'll I'll be, a be thing. here. Yeah, a- Adriel will be here. Mm-hmm. Hashtag reliable. <laughs> <laughs> I love you Trevor I love you Dave Anyways. alright thanks everybody for watching tonight so if you have any comments or questions for the show please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com now go grab a gun and shoot something when the talking is over it's time to get a gun